what does it mean to live with less stuff and more compassion? That's the question we aim to answer every week on the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. Hello, we're Michael Marshall Faye, and on this show, we discuss the intersection of minimalism and veganism, in addition to weekly articles and recipes, all of which you can find on theminimalistvegan.com. In this episode, we're talking about business and business as it relates to minimalism. I mean, do we really need to start a business to be happy with so much growth and accessibility being at our fingertips to be able to start a side hustle or make a million dollars a year? Um, We just want to really unpack what these expectations of business mean to our happiness and uh, is it really the best option for everybody? Uh, We have a bit of experience so far in our careers navigating the dynamic of you know, self-employed versus employment. And we felt that it was important to, you know, have this conversation and talk about some of the the ways you can earn a living and how that affects your overall happiness and intentionality. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And as always, I'll check in after the episode to fill in any gaps. All right, you ready to get started, Ofei? Yes, <laughs> I am ready nice. to get started, Ofei. <laughs> How does Number that sound? Two. <laughs> <laughs> um, good. We have changed locations yep. since we spoke last, and it feels weird. Very to strange. Because be, the only place that we ever did the podcast was in the one location. Yeah. So now we are in a new city. A new home, a mm. new room. We moved here, what, three days ago? Yeah. So, we're recording this nice and fresh. We've got boxes around us still. Yeah. But we're in a beautiful cottage out in the country in Tasmania, Australia. Still in Australia for a while. Yep. And, yeah, it feels surreal to be here finally. It does feel I like... I mean, honestly, we did just decide this like six weeks yeah, ago, yeah. but... <laughs> here we are. Yeah. It is um, it is different to go from suburbia to like literally if we're really quiet, we can hear frogs yeah. chirping away in the in the background, which we're is... We're recording this in the evening. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it's all, it's all a new experience. So yeah. It's part of the journey. Yes. Very exciting. So, I guess that ties into nicely. I guess none of this would be possible if we weren't doing our own business. Yes. So, today's topic, we're going to be talking about do you really need to start a business to be happy? Mm. And there are both pros and cons to each situation. And I think that, you know, it's very different to how it once used to be. Yeah. Starting your own business. It's still probably, well, I wouldn't say it's just as hard. I think the internet has allowed a lot more opportunity. Mm. But it's also made it much harder, I think, because Mm. there is every day there's more and more people that are becoming entrepreneurs and wanting to diversify their income and and start something that's their own over being employed. Yes. So... Yeah, the, there's a lot to unpack in this episode and I guess a lot of it will be, well, some of it will be based on our own experience through this journey of going full-time, um, but a lot of it will also just help people out there that aren't really sure as well, weigh up all of the options and all of the possibilities and not just look at it as something that's the end or be all. Yeah, because I think, you know, when you look at living a a life with incredible intentionality, you you have to factor in how you're going to earn a living, right? Yeah. And, you know, there's a few different ways you can do that, but the most common ways is to be either employed or self-employed. And that makes up a, a huge part of our lives mm. and how we spend our time. Yeah. So... You know, we, we've been reflecting a lot on this recently because obviously, um, you know, running The Minimalist Vegan is, ha, ha, has enabled us to have quite a lot of flexibility, but it has come at a compromise. And I think, you know, with the growth in entrepreneurship, I think 
you know, being employed is getting a bad rap. So I think we just wanted to sort of break down the cultural dynamics of all the options of earning an income, but also how it plays into minimalism and this desire for us to always want to progress and and have more Mm. uh, in both paths. And uh, yeah, and just shed some light on what we've experienced and some questions to perhaps ask yourself as you're trying to, to figure out what's the best thing to do for yourself um that feels right and that feels in line with your values and and that makes sense for your life yeah and not make it sugar-coated you know like there's a lot of realness to this situation that i think a lot of people don't don't see yes they just see the pretty shiny object that's been put in front of them by other people making it seem like this perfect ideal yes and for anyone out there that watches uh, a TV show called On Becoming God in Central Florida, which is based in the in Orlando in the early 90s, pretty much the whole show revolves around a sort of pyramid scheme business. And that was really popular. I remember back then, um, even like family friends were into that sort of thing and buying and selling products and having parties. And that's kind of like what, I remember being besides like having your own, you know, like butcher or bakery or those types of businesses. This was kind of like the first on the road mobile type of business that I'd sort of remember hearing of. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it is hyped around this, you know, do you want to become your own boss? Don't answer to anybody. And a lot of brainwashing to get people in. Yeah. And aren't you sick of your dead end job? Why don't you take control of your life? Exactly. Look at this house. Look at my car. Don't you want this for your family? Yeah. And the interesting <laughs> thing is when you start... I'm telling Marsha I should be part of a pyramid scheme. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> I, went to a few well, semina- I went to a few seminars back in the day. You might as well sign the divorce papers <laughs> while you're at it. <laughs> um, yeah. So when we were having a chat about this off air, you know, like this TV show came to mind straight away is because they're positioned in such a way that it's such an amazing opportunity, such a glamorous life, but really in the back end behind closed doors, they're all really struggling and they're putting on this front because they need that business. They need those people underneath them that are going to be buying the product so that they can make more money from them. Yeah. So, you know, and I've experienced that being self-employed and putting on this front to make it seem like, you know, with my previous um, businesses and stuff to make it seem like I'm making good money and that everything's great when really it's going okay. Yeah. Because... I don't want people to be doubting what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, a lot of it comes down to uh, self-confidence and also not feeling ashamed if things aren't going right. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think that a lot of people don't really talk enough about this. You know, you see on Instagram, people are always only putting their best foot forward and showing the best parts of their lives. And then that's what people assume is what they do day in, day out. Yeah. And YouTube as well, like the internet just in general has brought this in, even in the last few years has brought this explosion of, of people that are, you know, like once upon a time being a YouTuber full time was not a thing. And even an Instagram influencer was not a thing. Like you could not make money yeah. just posting pictures. Jobs are being created left, right and center. It's crazy. Randomly. Yeah. yeah. Like what, what's our profession? What do you say? bloggers does that seem outdated okay regardless probably content creators is sort of the next thing but i've i just like when i talk to people i just say we run a website called the minimalist vegan we write articles recipes and we have a podcast yeah that's how i describe what we do and you know obviously the minimalist vegan could not be any more obvious than what it is as to what we actually write about. But I give them a little bit more like mindfulness, intentionality, productivity, minimalism, veganism. Sustainability, yeah. yeah, If they want to know a little bit more. So, and I don't know, I I say a similar thing and and normally people are quite intrigued. Yeah. Right. But then what does our 
actual day to day look like? What, what, like, okay, that it sounds boring. <laughs> no, really, what does it look like? Yeah, it's pretty average. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but the funny thing is, I wouldn't want to be doing anything. Yeah, but else. what does average? Oh, come on. Yeah, so explain what average looks like. Yeah. Literally, just sitting behind a computer. Yeah. Most of the time, unless I'm doing a recipe, so I'll maybe be in the kitchen stressing out, <laughs> out about a recipe for a few hours and then I'd shoot that recipe for about an hour and then I'd edit the pictures and do research around the recipe. You know, like we spent a lot of time behind the computer Yeah. and editing this podcast, we sit down and we have a chat. That's probably the only time that we're not behind a computer per se. But otherwise, you know, you write your articles. We have meetings, we talk, mm. but it's always behind a computer typically as well. Yeah. So most of our time is spent staring at a monitor. Yeah. Yeah. So not so glamorous now, is it? No. But that's the reality. Yeah. I mean, but it's what you're staring at on the monitor that makes it exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's, um, that could be spun in such a different way. But at the same time, like any office job, that's what most people do. You know course, what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not that our work is really that different to a lot of jobs out there, but it's just, it's, you either do it on your terms or you do it on somebody else's terms staring at a monitor. Yeah. Okay. But the only reason why I asked that is because like when I first discovered this idea of making money online... There was a picture that was painted about like you know, being this digital nomad that can work from anywhere in the world and is on their laptop on a beach. It was always on yeah. a beach for some reason. And or in the mountains. And I don't even particularly like being on a beach that much. But it's not and even... not even practical. It's not because the sun's glaring. Like you yeah. can't see anything on your computer screen. It's too hot and it's not safe for your yeah. laptop to be out in the sun either. So that picture just yeah. is all sorts of wrong. Yeah. But I mean, you know, we had the books like The 4-Hour Work Week that came out by Tim Ferriss and was was promising this idea of completely automating your business so you can spend as little time as possible working in your business mm. so you can go sip on pina coladas on the beach, right? So Yeah, so not necessarily taking your laptop with you to the beach, no, but no, doing but, your work. But that separately. was part of that was yeah. part of the vision. So um if you wanted to yeah. you could. And and if you have cookies Browsing cookies, following you around the internet, and you've. I thought you meant actual cookies. No, no, yeah. and I started daydreaming That's why I had to clarify. Cookies. Yeah. Um, mm, cookies. So if you had these browsing Can you cookies, tell yeah, some clearly chocolate? somebody, Marsha's losing it here in in the in rural Tasmania. Um, so if you had the okay, let's say you've you've expressed interest in business, and and we should talk about that being a factor as to why everyone is wanting to start a business, right? Because first of all, like what you're talking about these pyramid schemes back in the nineties, back then, like having a business wasn't very cool. No, it was so normally you'd you'd think of somebody in like some corporate suits. Um, being really professional business person, or you think of your typical mum and pop sort of bakery or um, pop-up shop down the street. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, okay, you're a business person. That's pretty straightforward. And like, you know, you're just about the numbers and making that happen. But then internet sort of hit and started creating these huge, huge, huge companies. And people making a lot of money. Then we heard like Bill Gates, which was, was the richest man in the world for a long time, off a tech company, you know, in Microsoft. And then we saw Steve Jobs and Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg. And um, then we had movies come out around this stuff. And Silicon Valley exploded. And the internet gave, you know, birth to the gig economy. So basically, you could be a designer or developer or writer and work anywhere in the world and provide services over the internet for people. Mm. Um, then you had digital nomads doing their thing. So all of this stuff started to swirl at the same time. Social media popped. Then you've got this other avenue for advertisers to push their products to these influencers. Then you've got famous people who were have traditionally always, like, you know, brands have always sought out to, uh, to work with them as spokespeople. 
but now because of the internet, they can build up their own following, their own audience with hundreds of millions of followers. And then as a result of that, they can start their own tech companies or fashion labels or directly to their consumers, right? To their followers who are already really passionate so about them. they yeah. don't need other brands to make that happen. Correct. They, they can cut out any own. middleman or, you know, in that process. So you've had this this huge shift. And then all the while, you've got people who... Um, like the fitness industry are using the internet to teach people how to make like they have a business in teaching people how to start a business yeah right so and then you know as i was saying before if you've got these browsing cookies if you've expressed any interest at all in starting a business cookie these <laughs> cookies will follow you around the internet um you know particularly in these youtube ads or on blogs or whatever promising you to you know build a million dollar business from your home or give you the absolute blueprint to change your life and you know it's not quite the pyramid scheme but there's a lot of courses and things being sold to people about this possibility those types of ads make me want to puke yeah um, and you can literally, within two seconds of what seeing one, I just want to turn it off. Yeah. Because they are so painful to watch. They are. Yeah. Uh, I like to watch them just to re- remind myself of what it's, you know, just what, what people are doing out there. But then, so so then you've got all of these things going on. Meanwhile, you've got the employed workforce. Many mm. people are very happy working in particular companies and getting a lot of fulfillment from their jobs. But there's also a large segment of people who are unhappy with the work they're doing, right? Yeah. So they're looking at all of these other triggers of, um, you know, all these, you know, billionaires in Silicon Valley, their favorite um, famous influencers starting their own brands. And then you can see that the internet's making it possible for basically anyone to start a business with yeah. limited startup costs. Um, and they don't like their job. So... What happens? Like, you start dreaming. You start daydreaming. You start thinking about what's possible if I started my own thing. What's possible if I didn't have to answer to anyone else? Mm. And maybe a business is going to make me happy. Maybe starting something on my own is going to make me feel fulfilled. And And the thing is, I guess a lot of people don't know what it's going to be like until they give it a go. Yeah. You know, they're, they're trying to be optimistic and excited about it. But oftentimes, as I said before, they miss those things about how hard it can be and long, think about it long term rather than just like a short term fix to get them out of their current situation. Yeah. And, you know, many of us can do that. I've done that in the past, not only from jumping from a job to self-employment but from a job to another job you know always thinking that going to another job will make me happy but i don't know what about you though like what like did you ever experience this daydreaming of wanting to have your own business or did you see yourself as remaining employed like yeah i always wanted to be self-employed why because i never was passionate enough about somebody else's business like i felt like i was about my own and just doing something on my own terms from a young age i actually never really saw myself being employed by somebody else and when i discovered photography in college in year 11 i knew that i wanted to do something for myself and I think it makes a difference when you grow up in a family where your parents are self-employed most of their lives. It shows that as an opportunity rather than having a very, you know, nine to five jobs in the family where it's not even really talked about or that's a a thing that you think is possible. Yeah. So seeing my mum being self-employed my whole childhood... And, well, she still is now. I wanted that for myself. Hmm. And being in a family as well where that is supported is really important. Yeah. To make you feel like, okay, I can do this rather than, oh, why don't you just go out there and get yourself a real job? Yeah, right, right, right. Well, in my family, it was quite different because, you know, my immediate family, though, 
everyone's got fairly stable jobs. Yeah. And it's seen as a quite a big risk mm. to start a business. Well, it is. And it is a big risk. Yeah. So, yeah, my experience was, was quite a bit different in terms of, you know, having the, the confidence to pursue that ideal. Mm. But I remember in, even in, in as early as high school, once I figured out that there was a way to, um, you know, once I learned about business and what a business was yeah, and that anyone could start a business, I was, I was like, sign me up. Yeah. Uh, this is, you know, even before I had my first job ever. Um, but at the same time, I love being employed. Like I, I've, mm. I think I've been a pretty good employee and particularly if you, if you, if you're part of a great team. Mm. Um, and you're doing fulfilling work, it's amazing to be mm. employed as well. And that's hard to find. This yeah. is the thing. I don't recall any of my jobs being part of a team that I felt fully supported in. Right. Or that I was really excited to rock up to work every single day. Right. And that challenged me in a positive way. Like I never had a job like that. Right. It's very different. It depends from from industry and business to business as to what's accessible to you and how, you know, and everyone's different again. Like you might thrive in one environment and I might step into that same environment and it might not be anything like what you're experiencing. So it's very different for every single person. Yep. We personally love being self-employed because it's allowed us to do so much that we wouldn't have thought possible before and literally the thrill of creating something out of nothing. Yeah. We reflect on this actually quite often now. Yeah. Whereas at the beginning we were just like head down, just trying to get things done. Mm. But now it's like, okay, hang on a second. We've accumulated so many skills and we've learned so much that it's, absolutely unbelievable yeah in so many different areas not even just like one part yeah but as a business owner you wear so many different hats yeah that you have to learn otherwise you have to outsource it and that in many cases is not an option not because you can't afford it as well but because you just know that your vision can't be executed by anyone other than yourself yeah and well well i mean you can outsource it i think you just you need to be a great, great leader and be able to work with the right people. And there is a cost, you know. Yeah. Um, we've worked with some really great people to help us, whether it's with web design or development or whatever it is, and they've been fantastic. And yeah. we've also worked with people who are terrible and you mm. would have been better off doing it yourself. So yeah. um, you don't realise that you're signing up to be uh, in human resources <laughs> uh, in the job of hiring people. But it's just incredible, like... Anyone that I know who has a business, who runs a business, um, has some of the most random set of skills mm. as a result of having a business. Yeah. And I mean everything. You know, I mean from like, you know, we have a friend who runs a wellness center who has also challenged himself to put in his own electrical work uh, in his practice because he just knew how to set up the internet better than anyone else. But he's like literally the founder and he has this big team and he's up with a ladder trying to install the electrical work for getting everything connected. Mm. Uh, and then even on this farm, you know, um, on the farm we're staying at at the moment, the person who owns the land has, we've already seen him with so many skills. Yeah. Like from running a farm to doing high levels of admin and handling inquiries, run, running workshops. It's ridiculous how many skills this person has. Um, your mom, like it's just, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. But yeah, if, you, if you're interested in business, I think one of the biggest gifts you're going to get out of it is the growth and development because you're constantly having to problem solve. Mm. You're constantly having to figure out where's your next uh, piece of revenue going to come from? How am I going to save costs? Where am I going to get my growth from? And through that, you're going to have to learn so many different things. Yeah. And I guess with the type of business that we run, you know, it gives you the opportunity to work from anywhere. We're not location dependent. Yeah. But I mean, if you're interested in learning about our journey uh, around like this whole internet business stuff, we did... We recorded an episode, I think it was back episode number 37, 
uh, our journey to full-time blogging where we break down our whole process from, you know, our, f- our very first blog and all the lessons that we learned until this point. Yeah. Cool. So, is there a problem with being employed? I think a lot of people that we know struggle with being employed for multiple reasons. Um, but it does get a bad rap as well. You know, like... Mm. Working for yourself is always going to be 10 times better than working for somebody else. Mm. And it might not necessarily be that way. Again, what I mentioned before, every single person is different. And they can get those same needs by working for somebody else. That same satisfaction than being self-employed. It can be very stressful to be self-employed. I mean, it can also be very stressful to be employed. But I think, again, it depends on the environment. And a lot of people see it as a stepping stone. Yeah, they could see it as a bridge to um, eventually starting their own business or... I, I don't know. I, I, I just know what I used to feel when I was employed and, and what I used to talk to other people about who are in my position. But normally the issue would be when you don't agree with uh, like your manager or your leader. Like you don't agree how the organization is run. Mm. So there's a lot of frustrations there. Yeah. And then sometimes you're just like, oh, I, I should just do this myself. Yeah. Right? So I you could see run this, this place better than anybody yeah, else. Yeah. So you see it a lot in like um, in, in, in legal and accounting and, and things like that where, you know, you, you work under a partner for so long and then after some time you're just like, I'm going to go start my own law firm. Like this is like, they don't know how to do it right. So I can do it better. Yeah. So there's a bit of pride and ego and vision um, that drives people out of employment into self-employment. And then there's the 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 whole idea that your progress is kind of dependent on other people. Do you know what I mean? Like you have somebody else who is basically going to decide whether you deserve a promotion or mm. you deserve different opportunities, different experiences. Um, and depending on who you are, that can be very limiting, right? Mm. That could be very restrictive, and if you d- don't agree with that person, then you might blame them for your lack of progress, right? So there can be a lot of frustration. Yeah. Um, and, and that frustration is very real because that could mean that can have a huge impact to your cost of living and how you support yourself. So there's a lot of that, t- uh, that pressure that's built into it. Having the experience of being self-employed on and off uh, and 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 having worked with a lot of people, like a lot of entrepreneurs, I think that the, there's a huge benefit. The things that we often complain about in a workplace are the things which are an absolute blessing as well, right? Yeah. And and what I mean by that is, uh, when you're an entrepreneur, you don't answer to anyone, and you might think, yeah, that's fantastic, but when you it's have to make so but you're many just decisions. But you're completely disaccountable to yourself, yeah. right? And there's nowhere else to go. Mm. And as an entrepreneur, it's like you're, you're, you're either, you could be like a, a freelancer where you have multiple clients and they really act as like lots of bosses. Mm. Or if you're trying to create a product, you're trying to respond to the market. Yeah. And the market doesn't care about you. Like yeah. it just cares about what you're offering. And that can feel really lonely to try and figure out that puzzle. And, um, you know, this, how many times like have you done work for businesses or yourself and it feels like you're constantly having to try and figure out a way to sell something or to market something, Mm. you know, get more people to workshops, get more people to a website, do that. Like it's this constant hustle, Mm. right? Which is exhausting. Yeah. Um, and it's really all on you. Yeah. You know, there's no one to say, oh, you could do this better. Um, you're doing it wrong. It's like, no, you're now making those decisions. So there's actually something really refreshing about not having that responsibility. Well, they could. You could get like a business coach yeah, to help you along. But again, that comes at a, a high cost. And especially when you're starting out, you can't afford that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's that. And then the other thing is as an entrepreneur, and you get this in, in, in employment as well, but I think more so... When, when you're working for yourself, it's really hard to switch off. Yeah. And it's very similar to studying. When you're studying, you always, there's always more that you could be doing yeah. to improve your grade. 
and with business there's always more you could be doing to improve your business so it kind of just hangs over your head mm. and even if you're not working on or in your business it's just in the back of your mind always always in the back of your mind right yeah. and and i think Unless there's something you fully detach yourself and are completely distracted 24 yeah. 7 otherwise it'll be popping up into your mind in the middle of the night yes and and I think there's something really refreshing of being employed and being able to just kind of, whether you have a nine to five or you work in hospitality, it's like when you finish your day, yeah, it's done. Most of the time. Most yeah. of the time. Yeah. You can take it home with you. You might have an important meeting the next day or presentation or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. And you can certainly take it with you. But like once that event's over, it's kind of like you just, you can cut it off. Yeah. Right? It's on somebody else now. Work finishes, <laughs> yes. personal life starts. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think that is something that's often overlooked. And I think that is uh, a really, it, it's something I think we should be grateful for, you know, to mm. be in that situation. So, um, And you don't realize how much of a blessing and how amazing that is until you're self-employed or until you're in a position if you even if you are employed and you're in a really high up position where you do take your work home because you've got a lot of responsibility but there is that mental like it's just i sometimes cuz it's been such a long time since i've felt that way where i've been able to completely switch off for a while and not have to think about anything with well, well i did that a few weeks ago for a couple of weeks when we took a bit of a break but it took me a while to get into that mode it's like you almost need to detox to just kind of like allow your brain to slowly start to switch into sort of holiday mode and but it's been a while before that since I had that complete mental break from work yeah and but I also think that um for a lot of entrepreneurs it's not like um they they are fighting to switch off because they feel imbalanced. I think it's like there's a lot of business people like the the game of business. Mm. So it's it's actually it comes from a place of drive. You're thinking about it all the time because you might just do something that'll that, change that will change the yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's this op this optimism, this hope that kind of keeps your brain ticking Mm -hmm. and your cogs turning and it's quite exciting, Mm. but you're totally like that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like if I take lots of time off, it's like, I'm kind of itching to get back in time away. This makes me the bond stronger. (laughs) (laughs) I just have more ideas, more energy, more drive. And it's, it's really exciting that way. Whilst it could be different for everyone, like, you know, there's people who, who've been in business for 20, 30 years and it's like, it's, it's a job, you know, at some point it becomes a job Yeah. and um, they can just, you know, go, go on holidays, completely switch off and come back and yeah. have people. But, but again, you might have to put but out a fire or 20, 30, like that's a, yeah. you're doing really well Absolutely. if you're able to get to that point. Sure. So like, what do we assume like, what are some of the things that we assume when it comes to starting a business? I I think that many of us assume that starting a business is hard, but anyone can do it, right? I think there's an assumed, and this is me being, I'm just generalizing here, but the comparison I give to you is, okay, Let's say that I told you tomorrow that I'm going to become a musician. What would your response be? But you don't even know how to play an instrument. Yeah. Or sing. Yeah, but I can learn how to play an instrument. I can learn how to sing. What would you say to that? I don't know about learning how to sing. You can learn how to play an instrument because it's it's more of a talent than a... It's more of a, a gift rather than something that you can just learn. Okay. That's what I would say. All right. You're probably wondering, okay, well, okay, you want to become a professional singer, but you need talent to be a singer, right? And I could argue with you and say, no, I know how to sing. And you'd be like, 
objectively, Have you heard yourself? objectively <laughs> and subjectively, you, you know, right? Um, but it's pretty clear to people whether, oh, you have a good voice or you don't. Yeah, you've right? got a talent or you don't. You got, have talent yeah. or you don't, right? Um, but if 10 different people from 10 different ages, genders, backgrounds, culture, uh, intelligence, all of that stuff, said that they're going to start a business tomorrow, would you really question, like not you specifically, but I, I'm just saying generally we wouldn't question whether they had the talent for business, right? I think I think you would. I think you can, but like there's this idea that you can learn. Yeah. Like you can learn how to start a successful business. Mm. So Well, it comes down to the person. Not their talents. It's more like their drive and their, exactly. But this is but 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 I see drive as a talent, right? So this is the thing. This is a, there's a there's a misconception that um, you know anyone can start a business, and maybe fundamentally anyone can. But mm. the likelihood of having a successful business is dependent on a lot of factors, and I think that there's a couple key characteristics of a good entrepreneur, right? And and I think a lot of it actually comes down to salesmanship. Yeah. Right? Like, I just think that there's a, like, at the end of the day, a business is about finding a need and providing a solution in exchange for some sort of value, which normally is money, right? Yeah. And normally this starts with salesmanship. So you see people like a eight-year-old kid and a lemonade stand and absolutely hustling to make sell that lemonade or sell their baseball cards or... You know, I, I remember. I remember there was a group of friends that I had in high school who would who saw an opportunity in music, right? And they saw saw that CDs were a premium, and they saw that you know ripping CDs or burning CDs and creating these playlists of MP3s was an opportunity, and that they'll sell it, right? Yeah. And they'll make quite a bit of money in figuring out how to meet the demand of mm. the music in a high school. It's interesting because my friends would just do this for free. Okay, there <laughs> you go. For each other. Yeah, for free. Right, right. But but the entrepreneurial mind people will see that they could make money, so they'll see the opportunity. So I think that there's a there's a skill in seeing that, um, and you know, in terms of having the drive and the vision and the confidence, like there's all these different factors. Um, I think it also depends on who you ask. Like if you're asking someone that is in business, if you're talking to someone that is in business, it could be a different story. But if you're talking to someone that doesn't really know much about business, they might be very much more optimistic about the other person starting a business. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so it, true. Yeah. comes down to personal experience as well. Yeah. Somebody's level of experience in business already. Yeah. yeah. But um, I suppose the point is, is that there's um, there's never like an explicit universal sort of discussion about talent in business. That's the first challenge is like, do you have, I mean, you're not going to know till you try, like you're not going to know if you can be a professional singer until you try, right? And it's yeah. the same with business. Um, but just keep in mind that you do need some talent. And the, and the other assumption and the other challenge, I suppose, of starting a business is that um, I think a lot of people think that think it's all dependent on having a great idea. Mm. You know, oh, if so I just I've have got this amazing yeah. idea, then everything like I'll make a million bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So everyone's feels like they have the million dollar idea, and like you know, and that's everything for a business, and that's a huge part of it. But I, I remember this quote. I forgot who the uh, entrepreneur who said it, and I'll, I'll make sure to link to it in the show notes. Um, but he, he said that ideas are just a multiplier of execution. What that means is that he saw that an idea, a great idea, depending on how good the idea is, is just a multiplier of how well you execute on that idea in terms of how much potential market you can capture or how much revenue you can make, right? Mm. So, um, so you can have all the ideas in the world, but without execution, there's no result. Exactly. Um, and you can have a really poor idea, but great execution and you might actually have some level of result. Yeah. So, so, but the better idea will just amplify and and multiply and multiply that, that execution. I think that that was just a really powerful quote that's always stuck with me when thinking about jumping into self-employment. Yeah. 
Um, and there's a huge challenge around that. So yeah. I think we underestimate the execution. Yeah. Uh, it's we put all the everything into the idea, nothing in the execution. And the last point that we wanted to talk about is the more virus in business. And by the more virus, what I mean is when we're constantly pursuing more, that we're not satisfied with what we currently have. So wanting more cars, more clothes, more possessions, more activities, more just everything an abundance of, of stuff. And this is something that we talk about in our book as well that we published. It's been two years now. Oh, has we it? Published, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so when it comes to business, it's always, you know, this feeling of always wanting to pursue more, more growth and not really thinking about where that, what that growth can can bring you in terms of stress and and having more employees and having just more things to deal with. Yeah, because the the more virus is very real in business because yeah, as you said, it's the very nature of business is to grow. Yeah. I think that's the objective of a business. Mm. Um and capitalism is to grow and to support economies and markets and bring on employees and create jobs and all this stuff, right? Yeah. But it's like the more you grow the more pressure Mm. Uh, amounts and you know going from just yourself to then having employees then all of a sudden you feel responsible for them and And a lot of actually a lot of business owners sort of say as long as I can pay my staff yeah your payroll make your payroll that's the goal successful to them Um, but that can be super stressful in itself. Like imagine having to, to tell your staff that you need to let them go, not because they're not performing, but because you can't pay them. Yeah. And that's like putting food on their table Yeah. to their kids and their families. So you end up have creating a lot more responsibility by hiring people. Yeah, absolutely. I think because as an entrepreneur, you, you're probably very opportunistically driven like like you see opportunities quite easily you have a lot of ideas then you might want to execute on all of them Mm. right and and for some people that works really well like some people have multiple businesses or multiple products and services and they like growing and hiring and and expanding um but that's that idea of always just jumping on every opportunity um, in a way can be very restrictive as well. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, and I, I think everyone can define their own, their own balance and their own level of success. But I think it, it is a recipe for some extreme mental clutter yeah. to compartmentalize your brain in that many different areas can, can, yeah, can result in a lack of depth in what you're doing and fulfillment. So, um, the, the, the principles of minimalism really apply here. And I think sometimes growth in business is kind of for the sake of growth as well. I remember listening to a podcast a few weeks ago with Paul Jarvis, which is, he's the author of The Company of One, which is a great book, which is basically like a book about business minimalism and, um, you know, fighting against this idea of growth, uh, what, what we're talking about now. And use an example in the book, and I can't remember the exact numbers, but uh, Nasty Girl, which is a fashion line in New York, the the founder brought on like a like she expanded and she had a, a meeting with these board members, and they're talking about goals for the next year. And again, I don't remember the specific numbers, but it was they made something like thirty million dollars in the current financial year, and they're talking about what their goals were for the next financial year. And they're like, oh, yeah, let's, oh, we should be able to double that. You need to double your revenue. Just double it. Okay. So the new goal is 60 million. So in the next year, they hit $40 million in revenue and everyone was devastated. Mm. Like they, they thought they had been major failures because they had engineered a goal out of basically thin air. They put out a number to say, we just want to double our revenue for the sake of it. Yet meanwhile, they had gone up $10 million in revenue. Mm. And they weren't happy with that. They weren't mm. fulfilled. They mm. were sad. And it's, it's just crazy. Yeah. yeah. And it's just absolutely crazy. So you just get this this loop of just more, 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 more. Mm. more. Just for the sake of even more. Even past your needs, even mm. past all, all these necessities. Um, again, the nature of business is just to grow. Yeah. So 
I think that's the greatest challenge for a lot of entrepreneurs is because like, and the same thing is like, if you're growing, you want to keep it that way. You know what I mean? Because like the moment you stop growing, it's like, am I going to go out of business? Yeah. There's a scarcity and this feeling of not being safe if your business is not growing. And that's, and, and that forces a lot of business owners to get stuck on this wheel of growth. And not even just the wheel of growth in their individual business, but also then diversifying, like even starting another business or yes. another, if it's online, you know, starting another blog because you should diversify your incomes just in case something happens to one of those things. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of this whole mentality of just in case and make sure that you cover yourself yeah. in any Don't scenario. Don't put all your vegan, ed- vegan eggs in one <laughs> basket. <laughs> um, yeah, that's how... And look, we, we, we understand we felt this way, right? Mm. Um, it's only natural. It's like when you depend on one revenue stream or a couple revenue streams, you, you can't help but wonder, oh, is this enough? Like, yeah. uh, should I be doing more things? Yeah. And that's a very real fear. Yeah. Um, but and I suppose that, that brings us to the next couple points. We just want to just wrap this up with a few sort of questions that you could be asking yourself with this this whole idea of, you know, does a business really make you ha- like starting a business really make you happy? And I think to do, to think about that question objectively, we need to compare business to employment. So I think at the end of the day, this all comes down to how do you want to earn a living, right? Yeah. Because business or not, it's about how do you earn enough money to meet the needs of your lifestyle? Yeah. Right. And there's a few different ways to do that. So that could be a job, that could be a business, it could be a combination of both. Yeah. And I think that's the first thing you need to decide what you want to mm. choose. And you might, like us, experience all of them, a combination of these things, right? But we, we're definitely at a point where we appreciate being employed. Like, I, I think there's huge benefits and there's a lot of, I hope that we can start as much as this side hustle and startup culture is growing, we can continue to celebrate the benefits of being employed and being the number 10 or the number two in a company or working with a great team. So that's a very viable option. And then business, we've talked about obviously the risks around that, but we also understand the benefits of that as well. So it's just knowing your personality and picking what you think is going to best suit. Yeah, your situation. personality because... You know, some people might have much more at risk than others. Absolutely. And your market or locally where you are mm. may not have the same opportunities yeah. for a business or that ideal job. So yeah. we can understand that as well. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, is like, how do you, how do you plan to derive fulfillment from your work? You know, is, is that going to, you know, and, and I think what that comes down to is what are your expectations? Okay. And that's a big thing. Like people, like I've, I've become better at setting my expectations with, with things in life to not get disappointed or not fall short on something because you can easily set your expectations too high and then nothing else of that expectation is good enough. Even if you meet certain expectations, like you were saying before with the $40 million, like that's a great achievement in itself, but it wasn't the 60. So then that expectation of achieving that goal was not met. Therefore, that 40 is not whatever, like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And this exists in employment too. Yeah. The moment you walk into a new job Mm. and come on, let's be honest, everybody. It's like you're looking around. Maybe not everyone thinks this way. Maybe it's just me. I don't. Okay. But you're looking around and it's just like, okay, in six months time, I'm going to be here. In 12 months time, I'm going to be here. Okay. I guess I've uh, never had that type of job. So that's right. why I yeah, can't Yeah. But you're just like, oh, yeah. what are the roles? Okay. Well, okay. Who's at the top? Okay, cool. And how long did it take them? And then it's like this whole thing of like, okay, let's progress. Yeah. Let's progress up this ladder. Let's yeah. get promotions. And it could be for the money as a motivator or could this be because you think you have that potential? Yeah. But then how you set those expectations could play a huge role in your fulfillment, Mm. right? Because as you said, the moment you don't meet those expectations, the whole experience for your job changes, right? Versus having 
expectations of, you know, what is really the job description here? How can I do it to the best of my ability and challenge myself out of my comfort zone and see what happens and see what skills I can develop in this job is a very different outlook, right? In terms of looking at what you can get out of it. And then, and obviously in business, it's the same thing happens. You start a business and it's like, I want to make a million dollars in revenue. It's like, why do you want to make a million dollars in revenue? And, Mm. and, and I think in business, it's always like, okay, what's the execution and is the execution sustainable for whatever your expectations are? Yeah. Right. So if your goal is to make a million dollars or it's to make $30,000, it's very different levels of execution. Mm. And at the same time, it's like, okay, whatever it is you're doing, whatever you've put in place, can you do this consistently? Yeah. Year after year after year yeah. after year after year. Is that feasible? Mm. So, because that's going to dictate a lot of your fulfillment. But again, it comes down with expectations. If you set ep- expectations too high and you don't meet that, then you're, you're going to be really disappointed and unfulfilled in yourself. And then again, this all comes down to challenging the idea of progress. Doesn't matter how you earn a living. It's how you define progress. And that's the more virus kicking in as well. And also, you know, keeping in mind that you should be enjoying every single day and trying to be more present rather than constantly like, what's next? What's next? You know, yeah. how can I grow? How can I do this better? How can I improve? Yeah. And not focusing any of your intention on, okay, well... Even just reflecting, well, what have I done well? What's going well, you know, rather than improve, improve, improve. All the I time. think re- reflection and skills is so valuable. Like, I don't know. I, I've had jobs where, uh, like, when I was much younger, my early 20s, where I wanted to move up really badly mm. and uh, it didn't happen as fast as I would like. And I yeah. didn't do as well in those jobs. Then I've had other jobs later on where I seemingly didn't care. Like, I really didn't care about moving up at all. Yeah. I just cared about, like, being present and doing well, and doing well, adding as much value. And I naturally got promoted. Yeah. I got pushed up. So, it's, it's just so different depending on what those, how you define progress for yourself. Yeah. Um, and the same thing with, with, with business. It's like, it's like you can want it too much sometimes. Yeah. As opposed to sort of just, okay, well, why am I doing this? Mm. Like, who am I serving? Mm. And why am I serving them? Yeah. Isn't like, that's what, what, that's what it's about. Yeah. And if you can just get back to that simplicity, dare I say that minimalism in your business, normally that's where you might get some growth if you want it. The yeah. other thing that we want to talk about, maybe you can touch on it, is this social pressure. Yeah. And that's a thing that... I've been dealing, as I mentioned before, on and off for a while. And actually in the last probably year or two, I've become more of a realist and really tried to not make it seem like this amazing thing. Be more real with people as to what being in business is all about. So you're talking about like when people ask you. Or yeah, how's so, business going or... Yeah, so, you know, if, if someone asks me what I'm doing, what I do for a living, right. I generally kind of do paint a picture of it being amazing because it is amazing. Yeah. And again, this is this whole gratitude and, you know, I guess different people in our situation would be like, oh my God, you know, not making enough money or, you know, and again, we'll touch on this in a bit, but like this whole thing of enough. And, and that's different for everyone, but for us, obviously, you know, like we've, we've moved, we're completely self-sufficient, just explaining to people what you do and sometimes painting this rosy picture to make it seem like it's this multi-million dollar business when it's really not can be quite deceiving. And I think it's important to give people the reality of what it is to be a business owner. Yeah. Because the, and I mean, we see this all the time um, with somebody who's just started a business and it takes so much courage to do that, mm. right? And, and first of all, you have to kind of believe you can do it. Yeah. And like to yourself. Mm. And then you tell other people and you other need people, to be optimistic about it. Yeah, you tell other people about it. And depending on your situation it could be quite a shock like this could be oh i'm starting a business on the side oh okay well gee that's going to take up a lot of your time and 
I hope it goes well, or it could mean that you're quitting your job or like there's all these life cycles that mm. happen in it. And then you might, you know, post it on social media and be like, I'm starting, I'm like, this is you telling the world that you're committing to this thing, mm. right? And then it kind of feels like everybody is watching you. Yeah. And they're watching you to see if you're going to succeed, if you're going to fail. And that in itself is a huge step socially. Yeah. Um, to kind of overcome, right? Mm. Because as soon as you do that, then you kind of sign up for answering updates, yeah, right? And business is a very vulnerable, like entrepreneurship is a very vulnerable sort of state of being, right? Mm. It's kind of all you and your ideas and your execution and, you know, the success rate of businesses is not very high as well. So, you know, if your business is not doing too well and you constantly have people you care about asking how's it going or giving advice or that, that's like a hard sort of thing to deal with yeah. in society that can really play with your self-esteem depending where you're at. Mm. And I think sometimes people want to paint a, a nicer picture than maybe what it is to not invite that negative unsolicited advice or a negative picture of, you know, I'm trying to be optimistic and I'm trying to be positive about my business. So I don't really want to talk negatively about it to other people. Yeah. Or you don't, or they don't want to come across as a failure. Yeah. Which is what most of the time it is Yeah, in terms of, you know, what they don't want to reveal. But I've noticed even in the last couple of years, since I've started to be more real about it, that other people have become more real about it. Yep in terms of them opening up and talking about it very rawly. So you might think that you're not progressing as as well as you could be um, or you think that you should be further along than you are because you've been in business for a while. Whereas to somebody else, that could seem like a great success and that you're doing really well. So I think, you know, putting things into perspective a little bit more and also something that um, we're going to talk about next, which is what's um, enough of an income for you, you know, like that leads mm. well into that. Do you want to talk a little bit about Yeah, that? and look, we, we talked about this um, in, a, in a few previous episodes, We the minimalist money one, which we'll link to in the show notes. I don't have the episode number for that one. And then we also talked about it again in episode 26 about using minimalism to downsize your life. And... Um, we, we discussed some examples of people who are even leaving their corporate jobs to work part-time at a grocery store, but then they've put down their, they've reduced their expenses dramatically because they've defined how much they need to earn to live a very basic lifestyle, mm. right? Uh, but that affords them more time and flexibility um, and also gives them time to think about what their next steps are. And I think we talk about this in the employment world, but uh, we probably don't talk about this enough in self-employment and again paul jarvis and the company one he basically the whole book is about this concept but um even when we start a business the very objective of a business is to grow so what if we challenge that um like we do in minimalism and Mm. progress in society and we define what is enough in our business you know, mm-hmm. once you consider all the revenue, your cost, the tax you need to pay, in terms of the money that's in your pocket to fund your lifestyle, what is that? Can you define what that is? And I think the next challenge is once you define what that is, when you meet that enough number, and this enough number could include, you know, a budget for traveling every year, a budget for um, you know, eating out as much as you want every month, but it, it could also involve not buying any clothes uh, for the next year. Like it's completely personalized to your lifestyle. But what if you meet this enough number, right? And you're in business. Are you still going to feel the more virus? Are you still going to feel this need? Are you going to be satisfied with meeting that? Correct, yeah. And s- staying there. Exactly right. And I think this is a really interesting conversation about growth in anything. Um, And I've historically struggled with this because I'm fairly ambitious. But the more that I do this self-employment thing, the more I'm like, no, this needs to work for me. And it's not even about balance. It's about intentionality. It's like, I I just want to earn enough to be able to 
live the life that I want. Like it's really, mm. uh, it sounds cliche, but it's really come full circle to this idea. Yeah. Because as addictive as it is to sort of keep pouring time, energy, resources into the growth of a business, mm. I'm starting to see that it's it's just not that sustainable. Well, why take and on more when you don't need to? This is the thing. Why take on more when you need to? Just because there's an opportunity yeah, doesn't mean you need to take on the opportunity. Yeah. And that is such a... It, it, I don't know. It's so profound to myself. It's so simple to if you're listening to this. It sounds so simple, but it's profound to me because that has been such a struggle, right? Mm. It's like you see the opportunity and you say no to it. Yeah. It seems crazy. And not think about it afterwards no. and have regrets, you know? Yeah. But it's also like minimalism. I have the means and the money to buy whatever possession. Mm. right but i still say no to it because it's not essential to me right and it's like well what's essential in business growth Mm. and and i think this is a conversation we all need to start having more is what does that look like you know what are what's what's this business enabling us to do and hey if if you're enough is a bigger number because you want greater impact and you want the team and you want that's fine, mm. right? It's it's different. It's but for your goals. But be very aware of the sacrifices and the cost correct. that that involves because there's much greater risk and much more obviously involved in that with other people. Yeah, there's just a lot more responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. So um. So can we downsize our businesses? Mm. You know, this is the question. I mean, it, it's like I now think of like, you know, like, a, again, I'm going back to the 90s, thinking of this business person who has, is running a uh, gelato bar for 30 years straight and has slowly grown their customer base and is there five days, six days a week, passionately is from day one, 30 years in a row. And I'm thinking... That's something to admire. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm at a point now where I'm like, that's they amazing. They haven't spread out into merch. Yeah. And <laughs> they, they've had all these, they've had all these and, opportunities. Yeah. They could got, get into social media and they're like, no, nah, I don't need that. Mm. My customers know who I am. Yeah. I've got word of mouth. This is what I do. Yeah. This is my business. I don't need yeah. more than that. A couple of years ago, I would have thought that's ridiculous. Mm. Now I'm like, I've got respect yeah. For people who can just stay in their lane. And what's mm. wrong with that? Yeah. What's wrong with just and being people... in services and seeing client after client after client and enjoying seeing those clients? What's wrong with just sticking to one form of media? But you know what's interesting? Because to other people that might seem like mad, like you're not taking the opportunity. Like why would you not take that opportunity when it's right there in front of you and it's going to work? You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not a risky thing for you to venture out into yeah. to grow your business. It's a given proven method or a proven way to grow your business. Yeah. Why wouldn't you take it? Yeah. That's what people would be asking. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously but you don't pro- need it. You don't, they don't need, need it. it. They don't need it. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. It is minimalism in business. Yeah. You don't need it. Yeah. Scary stuff. It sounds, yeah, it sounds almost counterintuitive, but, um, mm. you know, I think if you are to start a business or you are running a business, you know, we've just got to ask these questions. And I find myself doing it all the time. Like I'm doing it, I think you and I are getting much better at saying no in our business. But then when we talk to people about their businesses, mm. we start to get the more virus for them. Yeah. Oh, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Have yeah, you thought yeah. about it? And I've had some people who are just like, oh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I'm not really interested in having employees and all that. I'm like, oh my God, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing that thing. I'm doing that thing again. <laughs> You've trained yourself for yourself, but yeah, not to do yeah. it to other people. And I really people. appreciate when people are just like, oh no, I don't like, you know, yeah, that's not really my goal is to, yeah. to just grow big and dominate the market. Yeah. You Which know? is nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, it's a good place to wrap it up. Yes. Do you have anything else you want to add, Michael? No. No? You good? I'm good. Yes. Nice. Well, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next week.
Or you'll listen to us next <laughs> week. You won't see us next week. <laughs> Thanks, All right. Guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Okay, so that's episode 45 of the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. Do you really need to start a business to be happy? Well, as it turns out, probably not. And I wish I knew this earlier because I felt that, you know, the only option was to start a business for for me to feel fulfilled in my work and um, different workplaces have shown otherwise. Now, I still love running a business. Marsha and I both still love, you know, running the Minimalist Vegan, but I think it's really important for all of us to slow down and define what is enough in our careers. You know, how much do we really need to, to support the lives that we want? And can we challenge this idea of progress, both in growth in business and, and career progression? It's not an easy thing because that's how we largely define success as a society and in the work that we do. So hopefully this conversation has challenge you to think differently about where you're at in your career and how you're earning a living. If you're interested in learning more uh, about what we talk, what we mentioned in this show, you can find the links to all the resources at our show notes, which is theminimalistvegan.com slash 045. That's theminimalistvegan.com slash 045. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in to our show. We really appreciate your attention. We, we do mean that. And uh, if you haven't already, would love your support to leave a rating or review or to simply share this podcast with somebody you know, if you think they're going to get value from it. Anyway, here's to living with less stuff and more compassion. Chat to you next time. Peace.